You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Smith for Frizzell, for Scott Barrett, broke through, Dane Coles, pop the pass, and Dane Coles will score! All Blacks, have they got a second? Angus Gardner's looking, he says, yes, you have, All Blacks. They're over again. And now the All Blacks on the blind. They sent fancy a chance. Down the left they go. Caleb Clark looking to link up. Back in field. The All Blacks are going to get a third with not too much time on the board at all. And it's Geordie Barrett. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. Three tries in seven minutes from the All Blacks to really take the game away from Argentina immediately. Out to a very, very significant lead early on. That was the voice of our rugby editor and match commentator, Elliot Smith, who's almost done for the day, apart from chatting to us about the game. Thanks for checking in, uh, Elliot. What would uh, Ian Foster be most pleased with about uh, with that performance? G'day, Piney. Good to chat with you. Yeah, I think he'd be very pleased about the way that he uh, that the side opened proceedings, obviously. Always a lot of talk before the first test of the year about maybe a bit of rust around, maybe uh, teams you know, adjusting to the way that the All Blacks want to play in, in 2023 and, and looking back to last year. But I think he'll be very happy with the way that they opened up and scored those uh, triple tries very, very early on. Probably look back at the uh, second half and go, maybe could have improved there, but um, on the basis of that uh, opening half hour, I think he'll be very happy with what the All Blacks served up for him. As far as the second half is concerned, they weren't quite as dominant. Was that more about Argentina getting their act together and uh, and defending a little bit better and, and, and working themselves out? Yeah, I imagine that Michael Checker probably gave him a wee bit of a serve at half time, but they seemed to figure out things a wee bit better in the second half. They knew where the All Blacks were going to attack. They read some of the pictures better. And I think they just attacked a wee bit better themselves, they, they seem to stretch the All Blacks in the second half uh, rather than trying to go through the middle where they didn't get a lot uh, of gain in that first half. They stretched the All Blacks and found out a wee bit on the edge. But again, it was only a two tries and the game was gone, Piney. So uh, Ian Foster praised um, you know the way the Pumas closed out that game and said they were the better team in the closing stages. But uh, again, the 31-0 deficit at halftime, um, you know, it's easy for teams to switch off and it's easy for the opposition to look a bit better in the second half because the All Blacks could never keep up that kind of uh, pace for 80 minutes in their first test of the season. I heard you talk to Ian Foster afterwards in the uh, in the post-match interviews and you asked him about Damien McKenzie's performance at first five and he just gave a one-word answer. He just said good. Uh, <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he might have been under, underplaying it a bit. I thought, I thought Damien McKenzie had a, had a very, very good game. What did you think? Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was uh, very good as well, Pony. I thought he um, steered the team around the park very well. Some nice passes, some nice touches. Uh, probably would want that opening clearance back. Where, uh, but for Pablo Matera and uh, you know knocking it on and uh, the and Damian McKenzie getting to it first, then uh, it might well have been a different story for the start for the uh, All Blacks. But I think Damian McKenzie had a very good game. Um, yeah, interesting to hear Ian Foster just say good and and. Uh, you know, maybe I could have asked a follow-up question, but I thought good summed up uh, the, the the state of things quite well. Yeah, well, look, it did, and uh, I guess now the the uh, the discussion turns to what role Damian McKenzie might play from here. Uh, we spoke yesterday about this time about whether it was possible he would start against South Africa at Mount Smart. What do you think now? Do you think it will be Richie Moonga who starts there, or has Damian McKenzie made a pretty good case? Yeah, I still think it'll be Richie Moonga to start there at Eden Park next weekend, Piney. I think well-telegraphed move. I'd be surprised if they changed away from it now. Ian Foster hasn't outright said that's their plan, but you can look at the team and go, Moonga only getting 20 minutes today. 
get the uh, time in his legs and then uh, give him uh, the best possible chance of, of getting ready to start at 10 uh, against the Springboks next week. I, I don't know that that'll change um, Ian Foster's mind, but it was a very, very good performance from uh, Damien McKenzie. And, and obviously, the fact he can drop back to 15 as well uh, makes him so much more versatile and, and gives that ability and asks that question as well. Maybe Damien McKenzie could start at fullback next week. But I think if you look at that um, team and you go, Bowden Barrett played 60, um, Richie Monga came on, played 20, roughly, um, then you can point to their signs and go, they've managed some of their bodies this week. They can um, leave those players that didn't play 80, uh, sorry, did play 80, like Damien McKenzie, to maybe come off the bench next week. This all started, of course, up front. It was a terrific forward performance by the All Blacks. Um, a number of scrum penalties. They really muscled up against an Argentine side that prides itself on being a, a combative, um, you know, forward outfit. Uh, who impressed you in the uh, in the smaller number jerseys? Yeah, very good question, Piney. Like I thought Shannon Frizzell probably, to be honest, had his best test match um, uh, this afternoon. I, I thought he was superb, took his uh, opening try really well, but just was dynamic around the park in a way that we probably haven't seen him in that number six jersey in his All Blacks career to date. He's played roughly 25 tests. He's no um, you know, newbie anymore. Uh, and you've always sort of waited for Shannon Frizzell to take ownership of that six jersey, and it's never quite come, in all honesty. I thought today was probably his best performance in the blindside uh, jersey for the All Blacks. And I have to single out Sam Kane uh, as well. I-, I thought he was utterly superb. Late on that big hit, um, that we'll all remember and look at the highlights reel of that, but industrious around the park. And I thought an area that hasn't always been Sam Kane's strength, the carry, was one that um, he was strong on today as well. So I think there was a lot to like from that performance. Uh, so I'd single out the, you know, the blind side, open side as being real uh, stars of the, uh, the All Black ship today. But I think the best player on the park, and we've just been debating this a couple of journeys and I uh, around who it might be, but I think Scott Barrett was superb once again, and how you fit him into an All Blacks 15 um, is going to be a question for the All Blacks selectors as they go forward this year. He, he could play blindside, we just talked up you know, Shannon Frizzell, but his best position's lock, and that's a question for the All Blacks selectors is Scott Barrett has to be in that 15, I feel, somewhere um, as they head to the World Cup later this year. I, I, I suggest it might well be at lock, and there's some tough decisions maybe coming in Foster's way. I absolutely and totally agree with that. I, I, in fact, I wrote that down in my notes as I was as I was, uh, as I was watching the game. That exactly that. That Scott Barrett has to play somewhere, and to to shoehorn him in at number six might be the way they go. But um, he he's just a he's just a world class lock now, isn't he? And uh, I, I guess it's a nice it's a it's a nice problem to have when you've got Retallick, Whitelock, and and Scott Barrett, and you you get to choose two of the three. But then you look at Josh Lord and the way he played in his return to Test rugby. I don't think you could have asked much more from him as he uh, as he made his way back. No, I thought it was a really good performance from Josh Lord, and um, you know this year may not be the year that he um, assumes an All Black starting spot, but it feels like his time is coming, and it's time coming pretty quickly, and he may just have to be. Um, you know, uh, happy enough with bench performances this year and the odd start here and there, you know, against maybe some of the, the lesser lights as we look ahead to the World Cup. But um, the frame that he's got, um, he's the tallest player, I think, in the All Blacks at the moment. But he looks, um, he's got the frame to, to back it up. And I think he's the kind of player that is going to be big for this All Blacks team 2024, but can still play a, a real role for them this year as they head to the World Cup.
All right, and uh, just to look ahead, uh, I'm not sure how much of the South Africa-Australia game you caught before you went on to commentary duty for this one, but a, a, a pretty comprehensive performance by a South African side that, that has sent about a dozen of its best players onto New Zealand and, and didn't even need them against Australia. How, how much uh, bigger a challenge will next Saturday night at Mount Smart be for the All Blacks? Oh, Pony, it'll be, it'll be a step up. Um, South Africa will be always a step up, and, and Argentina will be dif- disappointed with the way they played against the All Blacks today, and we know the challenge that South Africa brings, and obviously all the players have sent early to New Zealand, uh, you know, the likes of Colby, um, Pimpi, and, and a host of others that will be uh, in there, their first-choice locks, and Epps and Lou Diaga. When you add that into the team that was able to crush Australia uh, earlier on this morning. That's a daunting prospect. So the All Blacks will need to lift next weekend, no doubt about that. South Africa will bring those bodies in fresh as well. They've got to New Zealand well in advance of some of the All Blacks. Um, so that's a daunting challenge next week. So the All Blacks, no doubt, uh, will have to lift, but I think they can take a lot of encouragement of what they were able to do um, you know, this afternoon uh, here in Mendoza and able to uh, dominate the uh, the Argentines from the majority of the match. And you know, South Africa, on the other hand, you know, they come with a bit of confidence as well, although that Australian performance was utterly woeful, one of their worst in recent memory. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I only saw the highlights, and even they even they weren't that high for the uh, for the Australian side. Amazing work in Argentina this week, Alec. Can you just confirm before you go that the stakes are among the best you've uh, you've seen and tasted? They're about as big as my head, Piney. Uh, <laughs> and yes, well cooked, delicious. Um, you know, I think I'm yeah I'm <laughs> I'm going to miss them. Put it that way when I come back to New Zealand. Not that our Beef and lamb and uh, exports are very not very good indeed, but uh, yeah, I'm going to miss having uh, steak for dinner most and every night. Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, again, terrific work this week, mate. Travel safe. We'll see you back in Auckland next week. Cheers, Barney. Elliot Smith, rugby editor and match commentator for us here at News Talk ZB. Been with the uh, the All Blacks all week, uh, providing all of the, uh, the build-up and, of course, the commentary this morning. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.